Last Thursday in Maryland, a court ruled that parents could not opt out of LGBTQ lessons for children in Montgomery County schools, saying this, that the, quote, right to direct their children's upbringing by opting out of public school curriculum that conflicts with their religious views is not a fundamental right. Not a fundamental right. Get that, because it will come into play later. With that verdict, these schools can continue to teach that doctors are merely guessing on your birth certificate when they see that pesky little penis, and they can tell your kids that biological sex is basically unicorns and leprechauns. Uh, you know, in other words, fictitious. For those keeping count, reality, zero, leftist nut jobs, 32,000 and some such. Let's just pause to get a status update real quick. Killing your baby, fundamental right. Gender dysphoria, not just mental illness, but fundamental right. Reparations given by people who never owned slaves to people who were never slaves, fundamental right. I think I see how this works. Democrats scream like a bunch of demons being assaulted by the Son of God whenever Ron DeSantis forbids the LGBTQ groomers to teach their filth to small children up to third grade. You know, the quote-unquote don't say gay bill. So 10 and 11-year-olds are not allowed to hear this nonsense. But when parents try to exercise their right to opt out of such nonsense in Blue Maryland, it's not a fundamental right. Newsflash. There is no more fundamental right than a parent's right to decide who teaches their child about sex. In the meantime, a teacher can't crack open a Bible or utter a single prayer without the separation of church and state haters coming around. So let me take you back to 1962 to a Supreme Court case called Ingle v. Vitale, a case that shows not only the cultural agenda of the left, but also how quickly that agenda has infected the brains of the average person. In New York, crime was rising at the time, and the New York Board of Regents developed a prayer that would be prayed at the beginning of each day, and it went something like this. Almighty God, we acknowledge our dependence on thee, and beg thy blessings upon us, our teachers and our country. All of this to try to inculcate just a sliver of morality for these children in their schools. So this dastardly prayer seems innocent enough, right? But not if you're a secularist, because Engel and 11 parents protested all the way to the Supreme Court where their victory won the right to consider this prayer a violation of the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment. And from there, it shaped every subsequent generation's understanding of separation of church and state. You might come away asking, how is a very brief and unspecific prayer an establishment or even an endorsement of a state religion? Mind you, never said the word Jesus or Allah through the whole prayer. At the time of this law, the Supreme Court started their sessions by praying, by the way. What's the deal with that? And wasn't it our founding fathers who invoked the existence of a creator in, their, in the founding documents of this country? Wasn't it supposed deists like Benjamin Franklin that famously insisted on praying at the Constitutional Convention and requested to pray before every legislative session? Didn't our founding fathers flee Britain for religious freedom and not the freedom from religion? All these are fantastic questions and deserve answers, but only one thing is necessary to see the glaring hypocrisy of modern secularists. The prayer prayed in New York schools not so long ago was non-compulsory. Children had the right not to join in the prayer if they didn't want to, and they could totally opt out of it with a parent's letter. In Maryland, parents are being forced to learn a specific set of values from a specific worldview with some very deadly consequences, by the way, so it's not even equivalent here. You see all the talk about being judgmental and pushy with their beliefs. It's not Christians. It's LGBTQ activists. I wish it wasn't so. I wish these people could do their dirty deeds under the cover of night in 18-plus clubs for adults. But they weren't satisfied doing that. They want to bring their darkness into the light, and now they're angry that people noticed. 
the clear conclusion is simply this. There is no such thing as morally neutral ground. Every idea has consequences and you have to pick a side. One side of the aisle knows how diabolical the consequences of their ideas are and they are reliant upon tactics to cram their ideas down your throat because they eventually lead to the kind of destruction we see today. Higher crime, depression, suicide, anxiety, hopelessness, and more. Maybe it's time for us to be honest as a nation that when we stop believing in God, we don't believe in nothing, we believe in anything. Maybe it's time to even if we don't practice religion, to realize how important Christianity has been in our nation. Once we figure that out, we can stop cutting off our nose to spite our face, or to spite our faith. And we'll talk about that and more today on Indie Thinker. Welcome to the show. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and don't forget to support the show. Indie Thinker is a nonprofit, so any gift that you give is tax deductible. You can give by going to a link down in the description of this show, but you can also, in creative ways, support the show by going to our Herbal Alchemy store. Now, if you go to that store, you can buy great health and beauty products that are not only all natural, but also woke free. If you've decided to kick some of those woke companies like Target to the curb, then you need to check out our Herbal Alchemy store. Not only do they have great products for women, but they also have amazing products for men. And if you're looking to kick coffee, I highly suggest you check out Rise, which is a morning energy drink, but also comes with vitamins and minerals and all sorts of things to invigorate your day. So if you want to wash woke out of your house and you want to support a great Christian company, then you need to check out our Herbal Alchemy store. There's a bit.ly link down in the description of this podcast, or you can just go to bit.ly forward slash herbal a, and that's capital H herbal and capital A. By now, I'm sure you've noticed the mugshot scene around the world, and for Donald Trump's trouble, he has raised $20 million in the last three weeks for his campaign, so inevitably he will be the GOP nominee if he isn't indicted a billion other times and then eventually in jail by the time that all comes around. I don't know, as I've said on the show before, if this is the 4D chess of the Democratic Party to try to get him in that top spot so that uh, Biden can beat him in the 2024 election, or if if they just simply hate Donald Trump so much they don't care if their plan is backfiring and causing people to rally around him. But the one thing is true among it all, that this is causing a lot of us to lose our faith in American democracy. Because these indictments four in the last five months are really not an indictment on Trump as much as they are our American stupidity. And to try to prove that, I want to try to lay out the facts for you about Trump's indictment in such a way that even if somehow you're a coastal elite, you're stuck your head in the ground and all you see is Rachel Maddow uh, when you do so, whatever the case may be, I'm, I hope that I can try to at least give you an understanding of what is going on in such a way that you can think critically for yourself. I started the show talking about the separation of church and state, and many, many people have been told what the separation of church and state actually is and what it means and how there can't be anybody that prays in a public school as though that's what the separation of church and state is all about and not about actually like religious freedom. So nonetheless, um, if we are going to move beyond kind of the ignorance of our age and the media, that the media kind of 24-hour news cycle that consistently not only moves us far beyond the questions about what they're reporting, but also rarely gets to the truth. Um, if we're going to move beyond that and think for ourselves, I think we need to look critically 
at what's happening with Donald Trump, whether we like him or not. Because I think there's a question at the end of all of this that I think needs to be answered. But let's look at the case first and foremost. So uh, it, it seems obvious that this is a politically motivated abuse of power intended to manipulate the results of an election, which is odd, right? Because all of this is about Donald Trump's, or at least this Fulton County thing, all of this is about Donald, Donald Trump's attempt to usurp authority and to create some conspiracy to overturn the election results of 2020. But right in front of us is consistent evidence that the people who are actually doing that are Democrats. And again, of course, it is their playbook to do the very thing that they're accusing everybody else of doing. So nonetheless, here's the receipts for some of that, first and foremost. As we saw in the separation of church and state case with Engel v. Vitale, the left has been shoving down their views and their ideas, um, the, the minority upon the majority for a long, long time. Now, I think this is true specifically in the media right now. So the vast majority of Americans, I think, have enough cognitive ability to be very suspicious about what's going on with Donald Trump, but the media is colluding with the Democrats in order to make sure that people don't venture beyond their echo chamber to actually question what's going on. So let me give you a couple of instances where the media won't even report on the other side. So here's CNN refusing to actually air what Donald Trump has to say because of some concern with, quote, misinformation. So check it out. It looks like Trump may decide to make public remarks before he gets back on his big private plane and flies back to New Jersey. Uh, if he does that, we're not going to take those remarks live, but we will cover them for their newsworthiness. As we've said in the past, there is a uh, cost to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things. And given his previous remarks on the subject that we are almost sure he will speak on, um, we will not carry those remarks live. And you can be mad at us about it. <laughs> we can take it. We're big. Yeah. So apparently we can handle it if they don't report what Donald Trump says, but they can't handle it if they actually report on what Donald Trump said. So apparently reporters don't report anymore. That's something that we should be well aware of at this point in time. But that's not all. The media was on a, a kind of tour of joyful, jubilant celebration. They're not even trying to hide the ball anymore in terms of saying, oh, well, our democracy has just been shattered and this is a sad day for democracy. Uh, no, uh, Biden was uh, quick to go on, I believe it was Twitter, now X, was quick to go on there and start raising funds for his campaign uh, the day that Donald Trump's mugshot was released on the internet in a not so strategic cover-up suggesting that, you know, this is all a political ploy for Joe Biden. Uh, needless to say, uh, the gleeful media also wasn't even hiding the ball anymore in the fact that they were laughing joyfully at the fact that Donald Trump might actually have to spend time in prison. Check it out. He will surrender himself for processing at an overcrowded jail with a reputation for violence and neglect. A jail that is accustomed to holding defendants facing charges up to and including violent crimes where stabbings are frequent. Actually, three people have lost their lives over the last month. That jail is where the disgraced ex-president of these United States is heading right now. I mean, they're just bursting with excitement there. They can barely contain themselves. And the reason for that is, I have to just tell you, the vast majority of Democrats, if not all of them, just don't have moral values. And let me try to preface that. 
So if the Democrats really did have moral values as we look at Trump's indictment, they would be honest with themselves and honest with America about Joe Biden. Biden would have already been impeached if the Republicans were playing the same game as the Democrats. Now, let me take you back not so long ago to the uh, jubilant celebrations about Russiagate and how Donald Trump uh, being impeached for his collusion with Russians would mean that he would be thrown out of office and we would return to a semblance of uh, stable democracy once again. Well, of course, now we know that all of that was a complete farce as the indictments are against Donald Trump right now. Now, so let's also weigh here Russiagate based upon erroneous and fictitious information in the Still dossier and more, and the laptop, or we'll call it Russiagate and laptop gate. Now, the Russiagate was totally built upon nonsense, whereas laptop gate was built upon actual laptops from a crack addicted president of the United States. Can you imagine if those emails or anything like it was found about Donald Trump, how quickly he would have been impeached? The real question is, is do the Republicans have the guts and the gumption to actually impeach Joe Biden? We'll see, but needless to say, what is on Hunter Biden's laptop is exponentially more damaging for Joe Biden than anything that Donald Trump has done up to this point in time. And I'll try to justify that here in a moment. But to do that, let's look at our dear friend, Fannie Willis, who is indicting Trump in Fulton County. Now, so a couple things you should know about what Fannie is up to. Fannie wants to have a speedy trial. She wants two months of preparation and then she wants to jam this thing down the throat of the American people. Now, why would you suspect that is exactly? Why does she want to have such a speedy trial? Here we are in 2023. I mean, I'm gonna talk to you in just a moment about a guy named Greg Coates, who is a pastor in Canada, who had to wait three years to be acquitted of all charges for actually having church services during COVID. But here we are and Donald Trump is going to be indicted and then, and then the court case is going to happen within two months, which seems convenient for the election that is coming up. All of this gets to happen before so that you can cast your ballot with all of this in mind. Now, that's not all. Fannie Willis, back in 2021, was also rebuked by a judge for hosting a fundraiser while she was investigating Donald Trump. Now, the judge is not going to rebuke her very sternly for her inability to hide her partisanship, but he does state the obvious. Well, maybe when you're investigating the president, you shouldn't be hosting fundraisers for his opponents. The title of your office and having on social media that you as this political office holder are holding a fundraiser for the opponent of someone that this political office is investigating. Um, I don't know that it's an actual conflict, but um, I use that phrase, what were you thinking? Where the prosecutor thought I could prosecute the co-defendant of someone I defended. It's a what are you thinking moment. Um, if the optics are horrific. If you are trying to have the public believe that this is a nonpartisan, driven by the facts, I'm not here to critique decisions. The decision was made, but if we are trying to maintain confidence that this investigation is pursuing facts in a nonpartisan sense, no matter who the district attorney is, we follow the evidence where it goes and ignore the fact that I hosted a fundraiser for the political opponent of someone I've just named the target. And probably one of the most important things, if Donald Trump is going to be indicted for 
creating a conspiracy to try to overturn the 2020 election because he claims that there was election interference. Well, then, of course, Fannie Willis, our dear friend, is also culpable because on Twitter, she suggested that because there was pipes bur- because there were pipes that burst at a precinct that some of those ballots got wet and we need to see exactly where they went and we need to make sure that they're all accounted for and we need some accountability in this precinct because who knows if there's election interference going on. Now she did that and much more and then complained all throughout Trump's tenure about whether or not he was a legitimate president. Not to mention, the charges that Fannie is, is, is bringing up against Donald Trump. What you need to know is that these RICO charges that suggest that there was some racket, some criminal conspiracy with all of these players uh, attempting to try to overturn the 2020 election is just ridiculous on its, it's absurd on its face. Um, what we know is that RICO cases have always been an attempt because you don't have evidence to try to get somebody within the kind of the racket to flip upon the person who is leading the racket. So all of this is, is to try to find a weak link who will testify against Donald Trump and tell Fannie exactly what she wants to know so that then they can use what that person says as evidence because they're not actually charging Trump of anything. You can take the time if you want to go through the actual indictment and see the kind of spurious and ridiculous things that Fannie is accusing Donald Trump of. Things like tweeting, Things like asking for a phone number to check on, a, to check on a, a precinct or multiple precincts to see if everything went according to plan. Not to mention, there's this huge problem with Fannie's case. Why did Donald Trump legitimately bring court cases in multiple different states around the United States if he didn't think that he lost the election and he was just creating some criminal conspiracy to try to overturn the 2020 election. All really great questions. But even pushing that all aside, there's just one simple conclusion I wanna bring to you. If Trump did what he is being accused of, which inevitably, once again, like with Russiagate and with the quote unquote perfect phone call, when Trump is cleared of all of these charges, Will we then finally come to the place where we realize that all of this was a partisan attempt to try to attack Donald Trump? But even if it wasn't, all that means is that, fine, Donald Trump is corrupt. And there are people who are willing to try to go to corrupt lengths to to get rid of him. Now, ultimately, you're going to have to ask yourself this question. If he did it, then our politicians are corrupt. If politicians that are coming after him and indicting Donald Trump are doing so to wield political power against their their opponents, then they're corrupt. And now I have to ask you which is more likely, but more importantly, the whole point is that in either case, there is corruption on all sides. And perhaps we might need to put our faith in something bigger than what man can do. Now, I wanna also take you to Chicago because Chicago's been having a heck of a time lately with crime. And just recently, the Chicago mayor, the new Chicago mayor has come out to tell us exactly why it has been happening. And so I can't wait to reveal to you this fantastic story, why cars have been stolen in Chicago. Now, if you're thinking DAs that are weak on crime or the defund the police movement has created a space for bad, ill-willed people to come in and take advantage 
of this weakness, um, well, you would be wrong because Chicago mayor tells you that it is not these people that are responsible for their crimes. It is not these kids that are acting like thugs. I mean, come on, we have to be careful about how we, how we phrase what's going on here. Besides, it's not their fault anyway. And it certainly isn't fatherlessness in America that's creating a bunch of kids that don't have good role models. Nope, actually, the reason cars are being stole, stolen in Chicago is because, well, it's the car company's fault, of course. Quote, I have been through the ringer for their vehicle's lack of immobilizers, which has allowed rampant thefts of some older models. Insurance companies have refused to cover the vehicles, and there have been several third-party solutions promising protection. But the reality is that there are still plenty of theft-ready Korean cars on American streets. My God. Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson has a solution he hopes will spur action in his city, and it involves a lawsuit. Yes, good job. Brandon uh, Brandon Johnson is going to sue car companies because he can't actually keep the peace in his own city. Chicago has sued Kia and Hyundai over what it said was a failure to include vital immobilizer technologies in vehicles. The city noted that the failure caused a, quote, steep rise in vehicle thefts, reckless driving, property damage, and a wide array of related violent crimes in Chicago. That's right. Immobilizers in cars that are faulty is what's causing all of this. While all new Hyundais now get the tech, any older models missing immobilizers can be stolen in almost no time by thieves experienced with the process. So there it is, you darned car companies. If it weren't for you, these cars would not be stolen. Uh, it, it has nothing to do, again, with defund the police. It has nothing to do with soft on crime DAs. It has to do with the fact that you car companies just make it so easy to steal these cars. Forget moral inculcation. Forget the fact that there are a bunch of kids and adults in Chicago who have been totally unchecked and don't feel like they have uh, a responsibility to actually be good people. Uh, the more separation of church and state has rotted the brains of people, it has actually created more violent cities. And it's also rotted the brains of people in a in another way. What we want to do is we want to blame the system. It's the system, it's not the sinner. So anyway, the, the mayor highlights this in comments just recently that he gave about policing in Chicago and how he wants to get more mental health experts on the streets assisting the police officers who just need to tase and or arrest people and haul their asses to jail. But nonetheless, here is our esteemed Chicago mayor telling the world that... Um, that we need softer police officers because that's the cure for all of this. Check it out. And his efforts to revamp the approach to policing so it incorporates his campaign promise of utilizing mental health experts for some 911 calls. We're moving towards actually passing that. We've actually shifted the dynamic in the city of Chicago. As we uh, prepare uh, to confirm our next police superintendent, I don't know we've ever had a police superintendent talk about treatment, not trauma. That's so good. I am so glad that guy is your new mayor. I mean, I, the girl that was getting haircuts during COVID that weren't all that fresh even after the fact, but needed to get them because she's a public official. I mean, at least that girl was honest enough to not try to sell people a total line of bull crap. It's, it's time we started being really honest that the further we get away from moral teachings, moral community, places like church and that kind of thing, as the decline of Christianity in the West takes shape, what it's actually doing is creating not only a space for criminals to do what they do best, but also it is causing people to totally develop 
a, a, a disregard for objective truth. The subjectivists and the relativists are on a rampage and now they can blame car companies rather than the people who are stealing cars for the fact that these cars are being stolen. It's, it's total nonsense. Moreover, there's one last thing about this. The further we move away from Christianity in the West, we also have a more broken understanding of what humanity actually looks like. Scripture in the Bible and even the founding of our nation was built upon a principle, the principle of original sin, this idea that people have a brokenness in them and that without kind of the societal structures in place and without the kind of moral formation that we need to curb that, that instinct inside of each and every one of us, that that we will sing, we will dance to our own, own DNA. We will do what mankind does best, and that is rape, pillage, steal, and burn. Uh, we're seeing too much of that lately. And it's interesting because the, the neo-Marxists in our society consistently bring to us this utopian view of humanity where anybody who's paying attention understands that the real view that makes the most sense and is the most objectively true of humanity is that we are broken. And broken people lead broken institutions, and broken institutions create space for, for broken people to do broken things. So suffice to say, if there is going to be anything that will help our society, it may be, maybe, just maybe, returning to the very thing that as we have moved away from it, it has started to decay society. And for more of that, we'll go to our final segment, Bible study with Democrats. Oh, God of pronouns. On February 16, 2021, James Coates, a pastor at Grace Life Church in Alberta, turned himself in for contravening the Public Health Act twice. What is the Public Health Act? Well, glad you asked. It was a temporary law set up by overzealous bureaucrats to force people to congregate in churches or to force people not to congregate in churches, among other things. And it forced people to only use 15% of the capacity of their building. In January of that same year, Alberta Health Services finally pulled the sword out of their stone. It was their moment to shine, and in order to abuse their newly found power to enact this public health uh, policy, they made sure that the police department went over to arrest Pastor Coates. That's right, a low-level gremlin for a moment, a brief moment in time, had the ability to ruin a church and a pastor's life. I'm happy to announce to you that just last week, Pastor Coates was acquitted of all charges related to the violation of this order. According to the Epoch Times, after more than two years of legal wrangling, Alberta Crown prosecutors intended to ask the court to acquit Pastor James Coat and Grace Life Church of all charges that were laid during the pandemic. The Epoch Times has learned this follows a court decision on July 31st that ruled public health orders issued in the province were invalid and enacted outside the powers of the province's Public Health Act. Could you imagine bureaucrats actually abusing their power? All right, so sure, Pastor Coates will go down in history as a hero and the people who persecuted him will in the next life get exactly what is coming to them unless they repent. But Coates won't get the time away from his family back or the time that he had to spend fighting this petty, uh, this petty case in the city of Edmonton. All that's gone. But one thing still remains. Without a spiritual awakening, the evil of our society will get worse. It's a sure bet. The only question is this, how many Christians are ready for that? 
If 2020 is indi any indication, we are not ready. Very few churches have the courage to resist tyranny or to acknowledge that the lesser earthly authorities have to bow to a much bigger, more holy authority, and that if they won't, the church is still called to stand until they do. With talk about a new COVID variant and remasking, it does bring up the question, are we ready to really do this time what we didn't do in 2020? As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, in the 1960s, Engel was fighting Vitale in the Supreme Court for the right to end prayer in schools. Now Christians are fighting for the right to decide if they can keep their churches open. If you think that's a coincidence, look at a graph. Anytime you're feeling froggy and watch the exponential rise in transgenderism and the counter decline in Christianity in the West. Our culture shakes its fist at God all the time. And for our trouble, the world has gotten worse. The left can shout and cheer while people take to the street to cause billions in damage during a pandemic when they're supposed to be quarantining all the while the elites continue to meet, continue to hang out and continue to get their hair did. But if one pastor dares hold a church service with more than 15 people, then by the God formerly known as self, watch out. If the past is any indication of the future, a time is coming when the powers that be will not recognize the error of their ways, and we will have to act even if all the laws and all the bureaucrats of society come against us. Even if the gavel comes down as guilty, all Christians everywhere will need to learn how to smile and embrace their newly found moniker, which is martyr. It was common for the early church, and it may again be sooner than we think. But for those who are not Christians and you think you're safe, if you think the church is not a canary in the coal mine, think again. By now, I'm sure you've heard that Jordan Peterson has been asked to undergo re-education training in Toronto because he has the crazy belief that fat models aren't actually that pretty and that Elliot Page is a delusional woman that thinks she's a man. Here's Peterson's response to the news that he will have to go uh, undergo re-education training or lose his license. He said this, quote, If you think that you have a right to free speech in Canada, you're delusional. I will make every aspect of this pu public, and we will see what happens when utter transparency is the rule. Bring it on. So a world where I get to live, but the truth is not sacred, is a world not worth living in. Jordan Peterson seems to realize, at least, that there are worse things than a career suicide and losing his license. Christians need to realize it too before it's too late. In 1938, Alexander Solzhenitsyn said this, and by the way, he's the author of the Gulag Archipelago. When asked how Russia got so bad, how it became the bloodbath that it became under Stalin, and how that regime was able to do such atrocities, he said a four-word statement that we need to hear today. How did it all happen? How did Russia get so bad? He said this, men have forgotten God. This has been and always will be the death of a nation, but it's not too late. Thanks so much for watching. That's all the time we have for today. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and go with God.